You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. It's almost time for the holidays, if you can believe it. We've got all the best gifts for your horsey friends or yourself picked out. This week, we're talking to three inspiring women who launched their own equestrian companies. Thanks for tuning in. From Heels Down Mag, a podcast where horse pros chat about what's happening in the horse world over drinks. Welcome Welcome to Happy happy hour. Hour. I'm Justine Griffin. I'm Jessica Payne. And I'm Ellie Wozniaka. Welcome to episode 104 of Heels Down Happy Hour. What up, what up? Hey, guys. What's going on? Not much. Uh, Snow. Snow. Snow is what's going on. No. I did go from like really good, like 70, 80 degrees to like 40 really quickly. Even yeah, for you, Justine. Like everybody got the cold front. I mean, yeah, I'm getting like 70 degree weather here, and that's the cold front. But that oh, how <laughs> I feel sad like it's like 60 you. there for you. Like hey, but 70s. We did get 60s. like a we got like a you know last minute hurricane last week. So I had that is my true. Share okay, of bad weather, <laughs> but it, it's so. coming in. So, but yeah, I mean, it's been it's been a while. Like I feel like for some reason, especially like you know, most of the East coast missed fall, which is so sad. I know. I know. Well, so did you guys get bad weather from the hurricane Jess? And now you're just getting a cold front come through. Um, so Aiken, we were actually in Aiken, which was pretty interesting. So we were at Aiken for split rock jumping tour, which is probably one of my favorite events, like shows or whatever. They do a whole tour throughout the whole U.S., like anywhere from California to Texas to Ohio to Kentucky to Aiken. Um, they do it everywhere, but they have all these tour dates. And Sarasota, down by you, um, it's super fun. And they, like, elevate the whole atmosphere and everything. So we were there Wednesday, Thursday. And on Wednesday or Thursday, I can't remember which day, but they were like, weather is going to be terrible on Friday. Like, it's going to be torrential or, like, hurricane weather, not necessarily cold, but just lots of wind and rain. So they canceled the show for Friday, which they did it ahead of time. So it must have been Wednesday. They reformatted the whole schedule to add every one of the classes that was missed on Friday to Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. So it was super fun. Like we didn't miss out, but we like went, Doug and I went in the morning before like the real bad rain hit. We rode all the horses quite early. Doug was a sight to be seen because we weren't (laughs) schooling any horses. So I was in like schooling pants, like probably you know, black or navy or whatever. But Doug didn't bring any tan breeches because part of Split Rock is like, it's very formal, uh, but like, it's very inclusive. Like, it's fun, but they're like, we want everybody to be in like jackets in every ring. And like, in the big rings, you're in white pants for even the normal classes. So Doug had to wear white pants every day. So he didn't bring any tan pants. So he's in the rain, riding in a rain jacket and white pants. Everybody's like, oh, that's no. so fancy today. <laughs> like, no, because we didn't pack very well. <laughs> like oh he gosh. had no schooling breeches. So he's like riding around on Friday morning in like white breeches. <laughs> so I hope he wore um, white underwear. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't own white underwear, so no. <laughs> but, 
It was priceless because it's such a great event that they were able to like reconfigure even with the bad weather that mm-hmm. we could still show all the days and not worry about all that. Like I think even Tryon canceled a lot and rescheduled for the uh, long format for the eventing. So I think it did kind of hit the East Coast enough. It did. I know the the local East Circuit here was um, that runs in Tampa canceled, you know, their first big show this season, the week of Hurricane Ian, and then they rescheduled it at Foxley Farm, actually over in Sarasota too, uh, for the weekend of this, the Nicole, the next hurricane. So, but they ran it too, and they just, everyone slogged through the the rain for a couple of days. Because how do you cancel twice for a hurricane? I know. That's just so sad. I know. (laughs) But yeah, sorry, Ellie, you've got snow. Ugh. Yeah, it is what it is. I just, I haven't blanketed more than a sheet and now i have to like actually like go dig out the blankets from my basement which is just going to be unfortunate <laughs> but i'm just hoping the ground freezes because i'm sick of mud Ugh, no fun well this episode is brought to you by eagle gold so who's got a drink for us this week i do and i think it'll be up your alley justine Okay. It's a little, little scary for me, but I would try it if I didn't have to make it. One of those. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. So it means the- it's got like a little bit more parts than like you want to put the effort in. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, it's not lazy enough. Okay. So- perfect. Okay. Got it. <laughs> All right. So I've got, it's called Ring My Bell. Um, oh, which- how fancy. Mm, yes. So you're going to need an ounce and a half of tequila, half an ounce of Koki Americano, three-fourths of an ounce lemon juice, three-fourths of an ounce yellow bell pepper syrup. And I'll explain to you how you have to make that. That's the part that makes it not my kind of drink. And then two drops of Old Forester salt and pepper tincture. So for the bell pepper syrup, you're going to need four yellow bell peppers one cup of sugar, and a pinch of salt. And you're going to cold press those four peppers into, you know, juice. Um, So you get about a cup, and then you're going to take that cup of sugar and blend it with your juice um, so you get kind of like a one-to-one syrup. You're going to add your pinch of salt, which is like to taste, um, so whatever tickles your fancy. And then you're going to store in the fridge for up to two weeks, another part that makes it too much for me. If I make a drink, I want it then and now. <laughs> but then if you've got like a cold pressed juicer, that would be ideal. But if you don't, you just have to de-seed the bell peppers and blend them in a blender, strain to remove the pulp, pour the juice into a pot over your stovetop, and that's how you're going to add in your sugar and then add all your sugar and your salt. And then you take off the heat and let it cool. Then to make your cocktail, you're going to add all your ingredients into a cocktail shaker, shake and strain into a glass over rocks. And then you garnish with a sweet pepper. I feel like Matt would like this. And like maybe I would try to make it for him. But if I tried to make it, it probably wouldn't come out well. <laughs> I mean, so I would make this like if for like a dinner party. If I knew I was having people over or something. I don't feel like I would make this for myself, you know. But um, but it is different and interesting. And if you like peppers, you know, I think it it sounds good. It definitely sounds fancy. Like if I ever had a dinner party, which probably will never happen. Um, 
<laughs> and I wanted to like show myself as sophisticated other than the fact that like I live on a farm and there's a mouse in my kitchen right now. Um, but um, <laughs> this would be what I would do. <laughs> that would be right up your alley. It does seem super fun though. Mm-hmm. All right, so, guys. What do you got for news, Jess? Changing kind of topics, um, I did want to just kind of give a shout out. Uh, Normally, I give you guys like great, fun news, interesting news, kind of gossiping news. I just needed to give a tribute because this week we lost one of our own, basically. Uh, Rob Bowersox from Major League Eventing passed away suddenly on... Tuesday. And it's been so sad. Like we just, I'd love to give a shout out to his family. He has his wife, Karen, who was amazing and his two kids, Robbie and Joe. And we just want to, you know, say our condolences out to that family because Rob, he was truly one of a kind. I don't know if you guys ever got to meet him or listen to him or everything else, like go back, like I know Justine and I have both been on their podcast a um, couple times, and they just were part of the eventing community. They were amazing. They, you know, did it together, husband and wife, and they just were the light of the party. I mean, Doug and I were just talking today about it that basically we saw them not long ago at the Maryland Five Star, and they were just so awesome to talk to about just anything about life. Like they're the cutest couple ever, and it's just, it's heartbreaking to um, have to, you know, have to give our condolences. But I feel like my news this week had to be a tribute to Rob because he was truly one of a kind and one of the most amazing guys you'd ever met. So if you had never met him, like go listen to him because he was so fun to talk to and just the life of the party and so just an inspiration. So unfortunately, um, and it's not great news this week, but that's, you know, that, that's life. Sometimes it's not always great. Yeah. Oh gosh. What a, just what a light in the eventing community. He was just so kind so and great. So happy to see you at any event, you know, um, his just smile really, was so contagious. Seriously. And just him and his family, just such huge supporters of the sport. So thinking of Karen and their children and everything during this terrible time. Yeah. So, um, unfortunately my news wasn't great. So I feel like Ellie, you've got to bring something different to the table. It might not be better. It might be worse. Who knows? What do you got for me? Um, yeah. So, I mean, it's funny. So (laughs) of course. Perfect. Okay. So I saw these things on TikTok, which I'm not a big TikToker or TikTok. You can't even say it. I'm not a big TikToker. But <laughs> you're not I, a something. <laughs> but I did see these. And at first I was like, what in the God's name? So there's this guy named Marcus Floyd in uh Lexington, Kentucky. Okay. Who custom makes these horse sneakers. And it's like, so it's literally like, I mean, like a soft rider or like a medicine boot, but then he repurposes it with like, like actual repurposed, like tennis shoes, like sneakers, like Nikes, like, like nice shoes. And he creates a sneaker out of the medicine boots for the horses so that they have a way better shoe game than the rest of us, which I think is 
pretty cool, at least to see on the internet. Um, I know at my place, they would never stay clean. And they also do cost $1,200. Oh, wow. But but it is really cool because a part of every purchase um, goes to helping local minority organizations. So that's really fun. And they're definitely fun. Like if I had like a stud or something and I was trying to show off, he would for sure wear these. Oh, that'd be super (laughs) cool. Like your stallion wears these on the front feet. That'd be cool. Yeah. So it's definitely like it would get my attention as I'm scrolling aimlessly uh, through social media. Um, I just thought they were really cool. And I mean, for horses that have to wear medicine boots for so long, if you're dealing with founder, I mean, at least then this is like, you know, spices it up a bit. That sounds pretty cool. And we'll be sure to put the link in so you guys can see the TikTok and like watch these horses strut in these sneakers because it is a class act. Oh my goodness. What about you, Justine? So I have an interesting story. Um, I always like it when horses make like a mainstream news outlet for whatever reason. And uh, there was this great story a couple of weeks ago in NPR about wild horses and thinking of new ways to use our dwindling wild horse, horse populations out west. And one rancher, his name is William Simpson. Uh, he lives out in the Soda Mountain Wilderness area, which is a mostly protected reservation area straddling between Oregon and California along the border there. And so he's long lived in an area where there are wild horse populations out there. And he had an interesting idea about using those populations of horses that the BLM often rounds up uh, to try to auction off to help with wildfires, essentially. So in this arid sort of landscape, there are lots of clumps of Jupiter, oak, pine, fir trees, and horses will eat all of that, actually. So his idea is essentially using these horses, like in small herds, you know, families of up to like 20 bands or something, um, and just letting them roam there. And they think that that can help essentially with, uh, with cutting down you know, when wildfires really take off that just, it's, and it's interesting to me because you've seen like other countries and other parts of the world use other grazing animals like goats and things to cut down on non-native plants and things that eat away at the indigenous plants. So I think this is interesting how wild horses could possibly help protect from wildfires uh, just by letting them graze in these, you know, rich wilderness areas that are mostly untouched by people Even their manure provides a rich microbiome, um, which is full of nutrients that protect seeds in these uh, protected wildlands. And so he has a really interesting idea. Um, I don't know if the government will go for it, but this story from NPR really gets into the nitty gritty of just how grazing animals, I mean, in the story, they even compare wild horse herds to deer that used to uh, live in these areas and that what you know data now shows their numbers are down by by so much but if this might be a better idea for wild horses instead of rounding them up like the blm does now and then offering them for sale so um you can read this story in our show notes and all the stories we just talked about and this npr story obviously you can listen to it as well but it's got beautiful photos of wild horses out out west if you're interested in that too. I also just really appreciate it because it makes me think of like all the like cow people who don't 
like think horses are useful enough and that call them hay burners, this makes me think like, haha, they're useful fools. Um, <laughs> so I, I do appreciate that. <laughs> Just a shout out to everybody who donates to us on Patreon. We really appreciate everybody who helps make this podcast so fun and helps us continue to do it. It's also great to donate to Patreon and become a subscriber because you can hear exclusive content and mini episodes from us. And you'll actually be hearing from me pretty soon uh, as I talk a little more in depth about my whole debacle with uh, medical stuff and how I'm getting back in the saddle. So if you're interested in joining our Patreon team, go ahead and go to patreon.com slash heels down. All right, guys, I cannot believe it's November and next month is already the holidays. I don't know if you have you started shopping. I have a little bit, uh, thanks to heels down actually. So we just came out with our annual holiday gift guide, which obviously you guys know we do every year. Um, but basically we scour the world for the best gifts we can think of for equestrians. So whether that's for your barn friends and your horse show girlfriends or your trainer or your mom, whoever you ride with. We try out all kinds of products and we send you our reviews on what you think, what we think are going to be um, the top gifts this year. So uh, it's something super fun that we do every year. And I got to try a bunch of different products and hopefully you saw them roll out in our, uh, in the spark earlier this month. And we published the full guide on our website at heelsdownmag.com. Um, and we showed you the products up close on our social media feeds on Facebook and on Instagram, but we thought we would rehash them here now too. So, um, we did seven days of gift giving and some of them are our tried and true favorites that we've loved for years that have been like revamped and, um, updated over the years. For example, Redding Goat, obviously we're a big fan of Redding Goat here. I feel like Ellie needs everything Redding Goat makes because <laughs> she's the only <laughs> one in real winter. And we're going to hear from the founders of Redding Goat here in a little bit on this episode. But they've updated their classic winter onesie suit, uh, which I love. And I honestly, I've ridden in it in Iceland. I've skied in it now. Um, it's just super warm. And I will never forget when we landed in Reykjavik on that Iceland trip. Like we landed at like three in the morning and couldn't check into our hotel. So we had to sleep in our rental car and I pulled my Redding Goat onesie out and slept in it in the car and was so toasty warm and totally fine and fell asleep. But thank goodness. <laughs> I know it's such a, um, if you live in a cold weather place, you have to muck stalls in, in the snow. I just feel like this is essential. Like it's just an essential piece of attire that you can ride in that you can work in in the barn all day it'll keep you warm it'll keep you dry and redding goat just came out with um two-piece sets now so you can buy jackets just by themselves or they have overall bibs plus a jacket um so they're all different styles and you should definitely check them out by going to um redding goat is spelled r-e-d-i-n-g-o-t-e equestrian and then I think Jess, you you would love these, and we can we're going to talk to the founder of Schultz here shortly too. But Schultz is a relatively new brand. Lindsay Schultz is a dressage rider who came up with a sustainable line of boot and helmet bags. Yeah. Um, and you buy them separately. Uh, but I got to try the helmet and boot bag, and they work 
together. Like you can hook the helmet bag to the boot bag and then toss it over your shoulder and, you know, head to the trailer, go to your car, walk down the barn aisle. Um, That's cool. They have literally thought of everything. Like there's these lovely vents in the boot bag that keep air flowing through them. So, you know, your leather boots don't get too stuffy. The helmet bag is got so much room in it and has multiple mesh pockets. So you can keep your hairnet and a hair tie and your gloves all together. But all of it is well ventilated. It's made from sustainable materials and they're just beautiful. Like I get compliments everywhere I take them. I had them at Terra Nova a couple of weeks ago and like people literally stopped me in the barn to be like, who made that boot bag? <laughs> so they're really nice. Like that is a nice splurge worthy gift for yourself. So send it to your husband or your boyfriend or what your partner. Cause it like, it's the boot bag of all boot bags. I don't think I'll ever find one that's as nice as this. So just speaking something of, to consider. Speaking of boots, I have to say like on everybody's list, it's gotta be, the I'm so excited that the Eco Gold brought back their exercise boots. Those are some of my favorite boots, like just for schooling, everything else. I love those boots. So that has got to be like once you said like boots and everything, I was like, oh, I've got to talk about the old like Eco Gold exercise boots. They came out again because it's such high demand. Everybody loved them. That has got to be like the next thing on the list because you can get them in white or black and they don't trap heat. That helps them. They're good with the water. Like it doesn't matter what kind of conditions. They're just easy to stick on and be done. They're some of my favorites. Absolutely. And I think they're, I really like how light they are. They're so beautiful yeah. and light, but um, I've worn them on, like strapped them on my horse on trail rides and like we've crossed rivers in them. And at first I was afraid I might lose them like in the current of the water, but never. They're so hardy. They dry so quickly. No, because um, they're they, not neoprene either. So they exactly. don't, like I had a horse that had neoprene issues and stuff like, and they got the neoprene got too hot and everything. The Eagle Gold, like exercise boots, like they were, they're like my go-to, like they're super easy to like stick on. Absolutely. They're, but they still offer a solid level of protection for your horse. Yes. So. They're a wonderful gift. Um, again, either for yourself or maybe for your trainer, you know, someone, you know, who rides a lot of horses, they're hardworking boots, sort of what Eagle no. Gold is known for. So you could, I feel and like you could ride in these all day long and they'll always last. And speaking, I know we like, you know, we're on topic of the horses and stuff. Like some, you know, we have to give our horses treats too. And so we have lots of treats to give our horses, but I feel like the best treat we could probably give our horses for this season is that replenish that we talked about, we have started using that as like our daily go-to. We used to do like a brand mash or something that like, you know, would make them soak it up. Well, this is like the go-to all-in-one make their gut. Like if the weather changes at all, we have started soaking their grain with it. Purina makes it. It comes in a smallish bag that like is easy to transport. You can get it in different sizes. I honestly just buy the biggest bag because we use it. We are in Aiken. We talked about the weather coming in with the hurricane. We did it for those nights. It's going to drop oh, again. Interesting. And so, yeah. So we, it used to like, they talked about it just as like a recovery. We've used it. We talked about it in the past, a recovery just for like when they got done with cross country, we've been soaking their grain in it. So we've been adding a little bit at night, like at a late check. So it's super like watery. So we know the horses are getting a lot of water intake. 
So instead of like a bran mash when the water, like when the climate changes and it gets like quite warm in the day and really cold at night, we've been adding this. Like this, I had our local feed store start ordering it. And I was like, you're probably going to want a couple more on standby because this is what people are going to want to order for the winter time. Isn't, I'll never forget the way Courtney described it. Um, it being like a, a protein, a protein shake for your horse. Like it's more than just a treat. It's actually, it's packed full of electrolytes, um, and beet pulp and good quality ingredients that. Well, and what I like extra. is it's not just like a brand mash. Like I used to give our horses like an ad brand to their feed, you know, when the weather would change or I'd add beet pulp to the weather change and all that. So I knew that their food was super sloppy and that they could get a lot of water. Now I'm just doing, like I give them their dinner and, you know, you can either add it to their dinner or do it separately. But this is like what all of our horses are getting when all this weather keeps coming in. Yeah, no, it's great. It's packed full of real nutrients. It's and yeah. it's not something you have to worry about with um, diet changes. Sometimes with brand mash that can upset their stomach. Exactly. It's based on all ingredients that horses are already accustomed to. Um, so I, I love it too. Um, another item on our gift guide is the Ride IQ app. I know we've talked about this previously too. Doug is a featured pro on the app who offering exercises. But if you are looking for something to up your training game, if you're just on a quest for knowledge or say you ride at home, you keep your horses in the backyard and it's not always easy to haul out to a trainer, Ride IQ will totally change your training routine. I'm just so impressed with the vast library of training exercises, of the pros that they have from eventing to dressage to show jumping to hunters that you have access to. Plus, I love the podcast where you kind of get to know the pros a little bit more intimately and about their stories and their experiences. It's just there's so much stuff happening within that Ride IQ community. If you're a member, you can tune into weekly live stream chats with professional riders. You can ask questions. It's just a super fun and interesting way to keep training top of mind and to give yourself new riding exercises in your arsenal. You can listen while you're riding. Or you can listen at home or on your drive home from the barn. It's just so accessible. And really, it's so easy to use. Even if you're not like a, a, a super techie person, they dumb down all of the tech for you. I, I swear anybody can use this app and really get something out of it. Um, it's a monthly subscription. It, it, I find it to be very affordable for the amount of training that that is offered to you. And you should you really can get check so it out. many lessons in one. I love that you can get so many lessons a week with different trainers at your door while you're listening to it. And so for that price, like, I feel like it's great because it's, I mean, to be honest, it's cheaper than one lesson I would take. And I can get, even if I get little bits out of stuff, I'm like, well, that was worth it for the month. It's kind of like, okay, maybe it wasn't what I was looking for. So I'm like, okay, I'll go to the next. And I'm like, that's exactly what I was looking for. So I, I love that Ride IQ app. It's been super fun because it gives you educational purposes that I didn't know about, you know, safety stuff. They do blogs and everything else that I've like really, really liked. Oh, definitely. And it's available on, you know, on your iPad, on an iPhone, on Android. It's very accessible. Yeah. Speaking of training, uh, we love our friends over at Trafalgar Square Books. Uh, You may know them as Horse and Rider Books. They're probably the largest publisher of equestrian authors from training theory and riding exercises to fiction, 
they've just got so many amazing horseback riding authors within their library. Uh, there's really a book for everybody there. Some of my well, favorites that published this year was the Grid Pro Quo book, uh, which I think we've talked about on the show before. It's literally just a library of writing exercises where the author went and interviewed writing the world-class trainers and riders from all different disciplines and got some of their favorite writing exercises and put them into the pages of this book. I think this is a great book that could be a good gift for your trainer or for, you know, a horsey friend in the barn, anyone who is always looking for new exercises to set up. Obviously, we should probably plug Doug's book, right, Jess? Yes. (laughs) Well, Doug wrote it, and his is like the problem worse and everything else, like different Mm -hmm. exercises for different problems and stuff like that. And I love his book. It's great. It's like got different chapters that you go to for different exercises, like Hey, your horse has got that. Like his book is amazing. I truly love it. But not to mention just Doug's. Like I have to say, I we just got a new book from them. And it was this girl, um, Laura came up, um, Laura Crump Anderson. She decided that she was gonna write this exercise book for riders. And I'm I was a little hesitant because. I like to ride my Peloton and I like to do things like that. And I was like, well, I just don't really know if there's a purpose for this book and stuff like that. But she goes into different stretches and she goes into different exercises for different points. And it's a fabulous book. Like, it's amazing. She did such a good job. And so I have to give a huge shout out to Laura because she did this ultimate exercise routines for riders. She makes it specific. Like, if you're tight in an area because we all ride, we all get tight in like different areas, same kind of thing, but she'll go, okay, it's your shoulders, it's your hips, it's this. She gives you exercises and then makes you, not only gives you exercises to like stretch them out, but to make them stronger. And so this is such a great book for somebody that's at home that has 15 minutes to just do something. Do something just to make yourself a better rider and get a little bit better, whether it's stretching or exercising it always helps our horse out. And so she did a great way to like pinpoint different. It's the same like Doug's like go through the book and find the problem that you're looking for. She did the same thing. And it's, it's a fabulous book for exercise. Cause I thought I'd be overwhelmed. Like, well, I can't read a whole book for exercise. No, she breaks it into chapters and you can go straight to what you're looking for. So she did an amazing job. Absolutely. And so last on our list is another really nice splurge-worthy topic. If you're looking to up your fashion game, uh, if you're a fashionista who loves a nice, and you're in the market for a nice handbag, Tucker Tweed is really the brand to go with. So I got to see their new line of bags, from shoulder bags to clutches to a wristlet to a backpack to a crossbody. They're just made with top-quality leather, Uh, My favorite had to be this ostrich leather clutch that just, oh, it was like stunning in this like burnt orange color. It's so pretty. Really? Oh, it's so, it's really nice. And I'm not really a super like handbag person, but um, if you're looking to add like a little bit of an equestrian style into your life, like where you can take a nice bag from the barn to a night out with your girlfriends or on vacation with your husband, um, Tucker Tweed is the way to go. These bags are so nicely put together. They've got lovely pockets, just every little fine piece of detail Jill at Tucker Tweed has thought of. You know, uh, I think 
And they're just so beautiful. And you can get them in various disciplines. So you can get ones that pay homage to fox hunting, to dressage, to jumping, which is really nice because I feel like you can make it personalized to yourself. What I love about them is that they have all different styles. Like you can go from a clutch to a backpack, but they also have like a crossbody, like more modern day stuff. So it's not just what I always like thought of was like the bag that was like just the kind of medium size that went over your arm. They do anything from like almost a duffel to a tote to a crossbody. Like they have so much that you could offer, like any kind of hand bag style that you're looking for, whatever size you're looking for, they offer. And that's what I think they've like truly kind of made their niche about is because it's not just one style. And like you said, you can do different disciplines. You can do kind of different styles. Like they've kind of thought of it in with a little bit of like, you know, equestrian style with it. And it's, it's super, super cute. So you can check out all of our top picks for our holiday gift guide this year. Uh, It's all on heelsdownmag.com. And we will, of course, share that link in our show notes. No slipping, no sliding, no problem. Eagle's secure pads are engineered to keep the horse's back comfortable while keeping the saddle in place for safe, competitive riding. They have impact protection through the seat and have the ultra-thin flaps that provide the rider with better communication for a more stable riding position. Available in both English and Western styles. Shop the entire collection at ecogold.ca. All right, everybody. I'm very excited to introduce our guest tonight. We have Lindsay Schultz-Peasley, who's an artist, equestrian, and mother. In 2020, she founded Schultz, an equestrian bag brand committed to function, sustainability, and style. Schultz is on our holiday gift guide this year. We've already talked about how much we love the boot bag and helmet bag. And we're really excited to talk to Lindsay more about how and why she's invested in environmental issues, um, her interest in horseback riding, and just how she tied all of these passions into one equestrian brand. Hi, Lindsay. Welcome. Hi. Thank you so much for having me. Thanks for joining us. <laughs> so, Lindsay, to start, Obviously, it's it's pretty clear you are a lifelong horsewoman. Can you tell us more about how your passion for horses inspired you to start your own equestrian company? Yeah, it's I'll try to do a <laughs> condensed version of it. But I so I'm originally from Northern California, where I'm living now again. Um, but I moved down to Los Angeles for school, and when I moved back up here um, several years ago, I was still riding horses in Los Angeles. So, you know, like eight hour commutes to go to the barn and ride basically. Oh, wow. (laughs) Um, Because I was leasing horses down in Los Angeles with my trainer. So I would go down, you know, Thursday before a show, school my horse, ride in the show, drive back up Sunday. It was exhausting, but you know, you do what you have to do to stay in the saddle. And it started on one of the drives from the showgrounds back to home. And I just remember like looking in the back of my car, having all of these bags back there. I'm like, I'm like this crazy bag lady schlepping stuff back and forth. I'm like, there's gotta be like a more efficient way of doing this. 
And so that was the initial thought that had been kind of bouncing around my brain for a long time. And then it wasn't really until after the Woolsey fire that decimated Malibu um, that I really started drawing out plans because I had lost all of my tack, our whole barn. We lost our barn, everything except for the horses. And so we were all purchasing, you know, new helmets and boots. And I was like, this is finally an opportunity where I can get like new bags and tack that kind of reflect my style. And because I'm also an artist, I have like a very specific design aesthetic that I like. So I started searching everywhere for stuff that felt like me and I really couldn't find anything. So I started drawing up my own plans for things that were incredibly functional, that were also really beautiful, but also durable. Um, Because I would see things that were like beautiful leather bags, but they were like Italian calfskin bags that I'm like, that's, there's no way I'm going to bring that to the barn to get destroyed. Um, Right, right, exactly. (laughs) So I was just like, there's either beauty or there's function or there's aesthetic. And I'm like, I feel like we can combine this and just do something that I didn't see that was out there. Um, And yeah, that's where I started drawing up my ideas and connected with my business partner and made it happen. That's amazing. Um, You know, so right now the 1912 collection has uh, three marquee items it's the boot and helmet bags which we got to try here at heels down then you have a beautiful grooming backpack Mm -hmm. type tote what was it about this specific space that you felt like you could create something interesting and new what was it about bags um yeah i mean i feel like it was a bit of a available opportunity um And even though bags exist, I feel like there was room to improve upon them where I feel like, you know, the actual tack and apparel, people do such an amazing job with that already that this was something that I felt like I could, you know, put my spin on it and um, make something that hopefully there's a (laughs) good demand for. And I started with these three bags because they were the ones that I could see myself and my like equestrian family all struggling with, basically. Um, You know, the boot bag that came with my boots, I would have to wrestle my boots in and out every time it was designed like so (laughs) poorly. Um, And, you know, that's fine. It does the job. But I was always, you know, trying to see how could we make this better, more efficient, have these cool elements to it, like, you know, the vent lid that can air the boots out or the dust pan tray that you can like easily clean out, you know, like arena footing that gets tracked into the bag, things like that. Um, So I wanted something that was super functional where the back panel can just open and you slide your boots in and out without like any hassle was the main issue for me. Same with the helmet bag. I wanted something that was easy to grab your helmet, drop it in, and you didn't have to like reach your hand around and pick it up and like squeeze the fabric over the top of the shell. Um, And then 
we worked with an engineer on our Metis docking system. So the helmet bag actually really easily connects to the boot bag. And so you can clip them together, throw you know the boot bag over your shoulder for an easy carrying system. And um, the groom bag, I just wanted something that was incredibly organized and everything had its place. And I think that reflects my sort of like attention to detail, maybe some minor OCD issues in my studio practice that translates to <laughs> um, how I would like my you know groom bag organized ringside. And I know at my barn, my trainer, we call her Hurricane Jane because in the warm-up, like things just get thrown into a bucket. It turns into like absolute chaos. And so I designed it with that in mind, thinking if everything had its place and nothing took longer than one second to just put back in its spot, we could, you know, maintain order <laughs> and how um, how nice that would be. That's <laughs> awesome. You could find everything that you need to have like in a quick second. No, that's awesome. So what's next for Schultz? Like it's a relatively new company for you, but what are your goals going forward? So we have lots of goals short-term and long-term. And the short-term ones are working with our ambassadors and um, friends of the brand to find ways in which we can improve upon the current bags and obviously keep making them the best product they can possibly be. Also have new color variations as well. And then we're also introducing a few new types of bags, both for the sport and also for just kind of casual everyday use. And then long-term, you know, there's small ideas and grand ideas as far as I think expanding into different areas. So like maintaining products within bags and luggage and being able to have possibly some uh, like roller luggage products as well, but also like equestrian summits and places where people can get together and have much more of a social and educational kind of interaction event, um, some more experiences both in person and digitally. And this all sounds incredibly vague as I'm describing it, but it's a lot of stuff that's in the works that we're very excited about. And I don't know, hopefully that's a nice little taste of what's to come. So exciting. I know that um, creating products with sustainability is a big part of Schultz. Mm -hmm. Um, Why was creating products with sustainability in mind so important to you? Well, I mean, I think at this point in our history as human beings on this planet, it's not really an option to create a brand that doesn't have our climate crisis in mind, Um, or at least it should be at the forefront of everyone's thought process and business plan. Because if we don't create products with this responsibility in mind, the only <laughs> we're only hurting ourselves really and if we don't have a hospitable planet for us we don't have a future for really ourselves or our horses and our pastime and so it was important just i think being aware of 
where we're at on an environmental level, but also on a personal level. I lost my childhood home to the Tubbs Fire in Northern California and lost the barn that I rode at the next year in the Woolsey Fire. So it was clearly affecting me on a much more personal level that I saw the immediacy of the action that was required of us. And so when we started developing our business plan and our products, it was incredibly important that we sourced materials responsibly because not only is it the materials themselves that are important, but also where they come from. So, you know, if we're selecting leather as an option, it's something that we need to trace back and make sure that the land that it comes from is not deforested. So from the early stages through production, through how we reuse or dispose of the bags is also critical. So we've incorporated two programs into our brand when people finish using the bags. And one is a pre-loved program. So if anyone wants to either buy a different color story of the bags or if they've decided to stop riding and don't need the bags anymore, we actually take them back, clean them up and can resell them at a much lower cost. So it's also accessible for people who might not be able to afford the brand new bags. That's so cool. That's really interesting. (laughs) And the second is if the bags are totally beaten and trashed, we partner with a business that properly disassembles them and can recycle every aspect of the bag, like the zippers and the metal hardware and the recycled polyester and all of that stuff. So our main focus is to be able to keep every bag out of the landfill so we're not contributing to waste. That's That's amazing. So Lindsay, if our listeners are interested in learning more and seeing the bags up close, can you tell us where they can find the Schultz Collection? Yeah, so you can go on our website and look at our bags and order them, you know, directly from us. And that's SchultzCollection.com. And we have several retailers that we work with as well. Um, So you could possibly find them in your local tax store or at shows. Um, But yeah, I think our website's probably the most straightforward. Perfect. Well, Lindsay, thank you so much for joining us. This has been a lot of fun to get to know you. Thank you. Yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed looking at the bags and can get some good use out of them. No, thank you so much for coming on. You were awesome. (laughs) And thank you. Okay, guys. And we've got two more guests for you on this episode. I'm really excited to introduce Connie DeMeo and Allison Malafont. Uh, They are the founders of Redding Goat Equestrian. Hi, guys. How are you? Good. Thank you. How are you? Good, good. We're so happy to have you here. Obviously, we've been big fans of Redding Goat for for many years at this point. And if you haven't read our story on HillsDownMag.com recently, we explain the beginnings of how Connie and Allison met and came up with this um, amazing idea for a winter riding onesie suit tailored for women equestrians. So Connie is the horse trainer side of the equation, and Allison is the merchandising uh, and and corporate brand side, and together they are the creative brains behind Redding Goat. So I thought it would be a great place to start, Connie and Allison, if you could just tell us how you came up with the idea, and and I'm dying to know who came up with the name. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> those are great questions. We always get the name question all the time. Um, so Redding Goat was just something that we needed, like we created out of need. So I grew up in the horse industry. My dad was a standard bread trainer. Uh, we had horses in our lives our whole lives. So it was more of a lifestyle. And um, I grew up with my feet in the dirt. And as you know how most horsemen are, you know, you work hard. So every morning, since I can remember, horses were always around me. And as I got older, I did the normal thing that us horse girls do is we, we ride, then we learn, we learn all about them. We learn horsemanship and how to feed them and wrap their legs and do all of these things. And as I got older, I started teaching lessons and I was living, I grew up in Pennsylvania and where it was very, very cold and we always wore coveralls. It was just something that we needed. It was easy to just put over your britches or jeans and a long sleeve and you put a coverall on, but there was never anything that worked well. I always had a coverall that was super, super bulky. It was made for a man. The crotch was super low. You couldn't get in and out of it with your boots on, but it was amazing. Like it was something that was just normal. Like we always had a coverall with us in Pennsylvania where we had eight months of winter. So when I graduated high school, I moved down to Long Island, New York, and I brought my coverall with me. And it was sort of a culture shock coming from Pennsylvania, going to Long Island. And there was these big fancy barns <laughs> where I started working at. And, um, you know, there was lots of indoors and I would always break out my coverall in the winter. And a lot of people would be like, oh my God, that's such a great idea. We need this. Where do I get one? And then other trainers and riders would be like, all right, well, you look like you're going to go crawl under a tractor and change my oil. So I remember one day I went home after wearing my coverall and teaching eight hours of lessons. And I went home to my husband, who was my fiance at the time. And I'm like, I think I have an idea. And Allison and I were friends at the time. Well, we still are great friends. <laughs> we're like wives at this point. <laughs> friends at some point, uh, uh, but now different told friends. Her, told her about this. And then that's how it was created. Like, I told Allison about it and then, you know, she's like, this is a great idea. Let's do it. <laughs> I know it's hard working together and you guys just said you're basically work wives. Um, what is it like working together? I mean, I work with my husband every day in the horse business and stuff and it has its ups and downs, but what is it like, you know, not being married to the person, but what is it like with you guys working together? Like, has it had a damper on your friendship or grown your friendship, to be honest? I think it I think grown our friendship yeah. for sure. Like <laughs> that truth, ask a little truth, bit. Truthfully, like we weren't even that close when we started the business, you know, like we had only known each other for maybe a year and it was in a very like, you know, casual capacity. Like I've met Connie casually. We met through our husbands uh on a couple of double dates and then I started taking lessons from her. So I would see her like once a week in sort of like a teacher student capacity. And like we were friends, but like we didn't really know each other that well. And then when she told me about the idea, you know, I sort of went away and like let it marinate for a while and, um, and, you know, sort of did some thinking and was like, oh, you know, I, th I really think there's something here. And, you know, I don't know if Connie would want to partner with anyone on it. You know, this is her idea, but there's, definitely some experience I can bring to the table, like being from a, you know, an apparel background. Um, so, you know, maybe she wants some help. <laughs> and so we sort of like pitched, you know, I sort of um, 
asked her if that was something she'd be interested in, you know, from there. And I think our friendship has really grown from working together every single day. <laughs> since fun. Then. So thankfully we did turn out to get along. <laughs> that would have been bad. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, we spend so much time, like we're either together or, you know, we're talking or texting or, you know, whatever, um, you know, throughout most of the day, every day, um, it's just sort of like intertwined itself, you know, like we're, we're friends, we live this horse lifestyle and then riding goats our lifestyle too. Um, and it's sort of just all intertwined into one thing like our our friendship and the horses and the and the business and um it turned out to be really really cool and i think we get along really well we communicate pretty well we both work hard and don't mind a hustle you know so i think we just kind of just are both always doing whatever needs to get done and um, oh, i get it <laughs> we we've definitely had conflicts like literally any relationship would but i think like we always say we're a little bit more like dudes. Like we don't really take it. Like, like we kind of no. just say our piece and then we get over it. You know, yeah. like we don't hold grudges. We don't let anything like sit, you know, we sort of just say our piece and then, you know, we yeah. figure it out and we move on, you know? Yeah. And, and we're, like, we're like in this it. for life. So. Right, we're in it for life, so we have to, you know, that's it. Like we're married yeah. to each other. Through. You're married to each other. You have a different Aww. kind of marriage. And so yeah. speaking and I of, I think even when there, like, even when there's something that's difficult, like, I, like I think we told you it when we spoke to you about the article that, like, at the end of the day, like, we have the business and each other's best interests at heart, and like, yeah. that's really all you need to know. hundred percent, hundred percent. So speaking of the business and like what you both bring to it. I have to ask because it always takes different parts of it to make the business so great. Which one is the organized one? I'm very, very organized person in my life. And which one's the That's creative Allison one? Sure. <laughs> Allison is so organized. Like, I don't know how she does it. Like, I'm a hot mess. And Alice, I'm like, Allison, what's going on? Like, so then you must be the creative one then. Well, yeah, but Allison's so creative too. Like, I'm like always thinking and like thinking of new ideas or where we need to be. And like, you're the brainstorming creative one, but she's see, like the Con- organized one that puts it on paper. Yes. Like, it's so funny. Like, Connie's, oh, like, Connie's so good at just like, she's just ideating. Like, there's just always like something coming into her head. And like, sometimes I'm just like, oh my gosh, I can't even think about that right now until I do all these things on my to do list. Like, <laughs> 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 like I have, like, Okay, let, like let's talk about this at like five o'clock when I've done all this. <laughs> you know? Let me like, let me I, go do a I'm, spreadsheet real quick, and then I'll come right. back to you. I'm very like com- kind of like compartmentalized a little bit and stuff, but like bless her because like she is sort of like very good about sort of taking things and running with it. And like I'm I'm a very like visual creative, but like Connie is like a very naturally born marketer. Like she'll look at something that. Like, you know, we'll, we'll be looking at a sponsorship package for a big horse show or, you know, um, and any way to, to do something and maybe a, a company or a partner or something will propose something one way that just like really doesn't work for us. And like, I would just be like, okay, well, I guess that's not going to work out. And she'd be like, well, why don't we go back and, you know, she'll piece together this whole other thing. And I'm just like, wow, how do you think of that? I would have just said no. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, know, I know. So like, I, she's, I, have a lot of admiration for that quality. That's <laughs> and awesome. Connie for sure. 
So do you guys have any tips for our listeners out there who have a cool business idea but don't know where to start? I feel like you guys have such a good like connection and such a good groove. So how do they get there? I think that's like honestly the hardest part. But if any, like I always say, if like anyone has any kind of idea, like I think that definitely go for it. Like I never thought in a million years that I would own a question apparel business, not in a million years, like being in the horse world. I honestly didn't even think about that when I was like training horses and teaching people how to ride, had no idea about this market whatsoever. Um, so I would say, if you have an idea, definitely do it and follow your gut for sure. But it is also very hard. <laughs> like I, I know, like I didn't know anything about really fashion or like how to build that kind of brand or anything like that. So, and even now I think it's, it's, it's still hard. And I think that, you know, we sort of just figure it out as we go <laughs> a lot of the time. <laughs> yeah. I would, I would say like, you know, if you're really, really excited about something, about an idea, like I would have so much rather tried and failed than like always wondered what would have, you know, if we would have been able to do it or if the idea would have resonated with people, you know, I, I you just start like somewhere. No one really that starts something like this really knows where to start. They just start it. Like you start somewhere and like, you know, maybe you try one thing and it doesn't work. So, but then you learn and you figure it out and you do it a different way. But I think that it, you just, you have to start somewhere, but to Connie's point, it's really, really hard. It's not, I think everyone sort of has this fantasy of like everyone being obsessed with their product overnight and because they love it and think it's a great idea, you know, it's just going to be this overnight success. And I just don't think it's really like that for anyone, especially not people that are self-funded and, you know, doing something um, on a budget. It takes a lot of time and a lot of work um, to to develop really like any visibility and or, or success. So you really have to like, it needs to, it needs to be important to you for sure. To, oh, to work. Absolutely. And speaking of visibility, I mean, in five years, your company has really grown. I mean, you can find it at Tractor Supply, State Line Tech, Smart Pack. What has been your favorite part of the journey? Everything. <laughs> like, <laughs> I still like, when we still like get an order, like we see an order come through, we're like, oh my God, we sold an, we sold a running goat. Like we can't, like I still get excited every time we see a new sale come in. And like, it's just been so amazing from the like the horse community um, and the support that we received and just going out and talking to like customers and like seeing how much they need it and love it is just like still so amazing to me. Like I'm like, Oh my God, this is insane. <laughs> I didn't grow up in the horse world, but when, you know, Connie opened our for the first time we were in the state line tech, like all catalog, like Connie was like, Oh my gosh, I've been reading this since I was, born you know like yeah, this is like, crazy like that we're in here and it's so. like even with smart pack when we had like this like we just did this sh- like we did the shoot and i was like oh my god my horse is a model in, sh- in smart pack i'm like this is insane <laughs> how did this happen <laughs> that's so cool <laughs> but i think i like as far as like favorite part like you know what what Connie said like we just got back from equine affair where we spent four days you know talk- just talking to people nonstop from 9 a.m to 7 p.m every single day you know and it's just like it's it's so cool. Like we thought we had this great idea that would work for people. And it is just so amazing. And so reinforcing when we get to spend that much face time with people that are saying like, this is a great idea. This is going to like actually really help me live my life, you know, um, 
which is still very cool. <laughs> that is very cool. But wait, I have to circle back because you guys did not answer who came up with the uh, name. <laughs> oh, that was Allison. Allison. Allison found the name. Yep. And it must have taken us six months to name this business. Like we, like we thought and thought and thought and thought and thought. And I just like, I think I must have spent at least an hour a day. I was we're still working full time at a different job, but I must have spent at least an hour a day just like Googling like anything I could think of to try to just look for some sort of like word or phrase or something that would trigger an idea for a business name. Cause like you want it to be unique. It can't be something that sounds like something else. It needs to be something you can trademark and protect, which a lot of things are already taken, you know, in the trademark database. So mm-hmm. it was like, what, what is unique that is relevant to the brand? You know, like we're like, I didn't want to name it after one of our names or something like that. You know, it needed to be something that like was part of our story. And so I think I was actually Googling something along the lines of like, um, like riding outfits or riding, like, you know, they used to call it a riding habit and things like that. And I came across, I think it was a Wikipedia article that referenced Redding Goat. And it was an old, uh, like a French derivative of the English phrase riding coat. And it sort of became like, it meant riding coat, but it became synonymous with this like, uh, like 18th century, uh, great coat or travel coat that, uh, people would wear when traveling or by horseback or whatever in, in the 18th century. And, um, so oh, that's a cool word, you know, it's a little archaic and it's in another language. So it's like not really something like it's different. It's unique, but it sounds like a brand, you know, it sounds like a, like a brand name. And it's very memorable. Yeah. We searched the, we spoke to a trademark lawyer and she was like, oh yeah, that's, that's available. And so we just, (laughs) it was so funny too. I remember Connie and I would text each other randomly all day every day just like shooting out name ideas and it was so funny like I remember like knowing that like if Connie hated on that idea she just wouldn't respond (laughs) 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 I was like okay that that one fell flat she didn't say anything and um and I remember saying I remember sending her Redding Goat and she was like oh I like Redding Goat and it was so funny because for like six months we hadn't been able to agree on anything so we like as soon as we were both like oh that's it like we just knew (laughs) that's awesome well so if um if a listener wants to find out more about writing goat where should they go how can they find you we are available online at our website um i'll spell it for you (laughs) it's r-e-d-i-n-g-o-t-e so spelled just like it sounds equestrian.com so we are available there there's tons of information um, on each of our products there. If you click into the products and colors, you can read about all the features, which are really important to us. We spend a ton of time developing every product there and, um, you know, testing and prototyping and thinking about how we move throughout our day and what the suit needed to do. So a lot of those, um, features there are, are, um, available. So, yeah. Awesome. Well, Connie, Allison, thank you so much for joining us. It's been really fun to chat with you. Thank you for having us. Yeah, we had so much fun. All right, guys, it's time for Rose and Thorne. Who wants to go first? I can start off. Do it. Do it. Okay, <laughs> so my Rose is like 
totally, totally random. But I just went to Vegas with a bunch of girls, which was incredible in itself. It was a bunch of people like I kind of knew, didn't know, like through a mutual friend. It was for a bachelorette party for a longtime friend of mine. But that is not my rose. My rose is that we went to see Elton John. What? Wow. Mm. That is cool. Totally. Hands down. In Vegas? Wow. In Vegas. How fun is that? It was so much fun. So, like, I don't really think my rose needs to explain anymore, except for, like, I got to see rose. Yeah, I'm like, that's pretty incredible. But my thorn is, like, back to horses. Uh, My thorn is kind of just my own fault, to be honest. Like, and I'm just now realizing that now that it's cold that this is my thorn, is I've had all year to break my four-year-old. All year. And I keep talking about how it's coming along and I've cantered a little bit, but like I should be a lot further along. And today was the first day it was kind of cold. And I'm thinking, how the world am I finishing this? Because it's just getting colder. Nothing, but I feel like I'm going to get bucked off again. And like, (laughs) I should have done this in the summertime, (laughs) but I'm like six months late to this party. (laughs) All right. Honestly, this makes me feel better about a lot of things. Just hearing so, you say like, that. <laughs> what is happening? I mean, this is not a surprise. I've known all this. I understand this is my fault. But today I came to the realization, uh-oh. Uh-oh. So that's my thorn is uh-oh. <laughs> that's fair. So you better get your air vest. Go get your air vest. <laughs> go get one out. Call I, mean, I did trot today and not get bucked off, but I'm thinking, how is this going to get? I like, I don't know, man. It's just me. Uh, well, so yes, you'll be I'm in on, my prayers. <laughs> I want everybody. Yeah, I need one the spectrum for prayers for the my thorn because, yeah, not a good idea. I'm laughing because so your rose is my thorn partially. Okay. <laughs> not, not the Elton John part. Okay, but the part that Matt actually is in Las Vegas this week. Oh, um, stop. <laughs> yeah, for like training for work. And that means I am a one-man show. Oh, um, no. Luckily, my mom has come up to help me, which is awesome. But like that means that we have to do like the stuff I don't like to do, like bringing grain up. Like, I don't want to carry a 50-pound bag unless oh, I have So, yeah. So, me and my mom, I mean, she's been doing an awesome job helping me, like, muck stalls. But now that it's colder, they're inside more because I haven't found their blankets yet because I need to dig them out in my basement. But so, <laughs> uh, it's a, just a cluster here. So, yeah. So, that would be my thorn is that uh, I'm, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a hand down. And when you don't have any uh, actual workers... <laughs> Uh, you recruit your 60 year old mother to come help you. Hey, I'm not judging because I do that a lot, or my <laughs> sisters, or brother, or all of the above. So, I guess that would be my thorn. But then my rose is also that, like, since my mom's here, that's awesome. Um, so, I like having her around, and it's nice to be able to spend some time with her. Uh, I just wish, like, we were able to do like more stuff that isn't work related. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> I feel you though. How about you, Justine? Um, 
Okay, so my rose, it's dedicated to uh, to Danielle, who's a listener, who I was at a horse show, and she in, she DM'd me on Instagram that she saw me at the horse show and that we were at the same horse show. So, uh, Danielle, you are my rose, because even though we didn't get to meet in person, we tried. I was like, oh, come, fi- I'll come find you the next day, and then you know how horse shows go, like... I was there working for my trainer, riding a bunch of horses. So I, you know, very quickly lost track of the hours of the day. I did not get to meet her in person, but it was very kind of her to reach out. And it is also a very bizarre thing to be recognized at horse shows sometimes. Like, okay, Jess, you, you're one thing. You're a five-star rider. Doug went to the Olympics. You guys have this big program, you know, but I'm always like shocked when it happens. So <laughs> no, I love it. I got one that literally at Maryland we're walking by and this girl, I didn't get her name because I was unfortunately in a really big hurry, but she goes, Jessica, I love your podcast. You're so great. I mean, Doug, good luck. And you're nothing over here, but I just want to <laughs> say hi to Jessica. And that made my day. So she was another listener. So shout out to that one because it made my day that literally she told Doug he was nothing and was like, I love your podcast, Jess. And I was like, see, we are the important ones, Justine. Oh my gosh. Okay. So th- yeah, this it's leads scarier me- for us. Okay. Yeah. Like, Cause I'm like, when oh it happened God. to me, I was like, how do you know who I am? I felt scared for a minute. <laughs> oh my God. I know, me too. I get nervous about it. I don't know why. <laughs> oh, but, see, uh, I was so excited. I said, see, Doug's nothing. It's amazing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Doug, you're nothing. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to be so me- offended when he listens to this. <laughs> <laughs> that leads me to my thorn, which also has to do with being spotted at a different horse show. So then I was at the Terranova mm. event um, and they also ran um, a big dressage show where they had a CBI World Cup qualifier for dressage. And obviously I didn't compete. Mikey's still in rehab, but um, I got a press pass. So I picked up my press pass um, just so we could, you know, get some content for Hills Down, work while I was there a little bit. And I was approached by strangers at, at Terra Nova, like, oh my God, I love the pa- podcast, like people coming up to me. And I was like, wow, that's so cool. Thank you. And okay, so I'm going to reveal something that I've never told you guys, though, Um, which my friend Amanda, who I'm sure you remember I had on the podcast uh, when she came on the podcast, I told her, like, you're not allowed to tell them this. So I I keep my work separate from my private life. So I have told nobody, none of my close horse friends know that I do this podcast, like at the barn or anything, (laughs) except now they know because at Terra Nova, I was spotted and outed by people who recognized me from the podcast and from heels down with a media pass. Oh, no. <laughs> and they were like, what do you mean? Who are these people coming up to you and telling you that they love your show? What does that mean? And I was like, well, you haven't guys, told your barn that you are, do a podcast. No, I never have. I never have. I don't know. I just, I, How um, do you get away with that. I don't, well, like, so Amanda is a listener. I met her. She was a listener of the podcast and she moved to the Tampa Bay area and ended up, coming to my barn and I, I swore her to secrecy and you you just like paid her off. Like I just, (laughs) I just said like, don't mention the podcast. Don't don't like, that's not how I know you. Like we're just friends, you know? And she was like, okay, that's weird, but okay. We'll have to have her back on because she'll, she'll laugh that I'm finally admitting this. Um, so anyways, I'm at Terranova with my friends and they're like, what do you, you've had a podcast for five years and you never told us this. They were like disgusted with me. 
Yeah. I'm but now it's out in the open. You. <laughs> now it's out in the open. <laughs> so maybe they're listening to this keep episode. that secret for five years. I mean, it wasn't like I was like actively trying to hide it. <gasps> That's it not true. Like, I That's didn't want to like the trainers to, you know what I mean? I was like, I just want to like be a normal person in the barn when I'm at the bar, you know, does that make sense? Yeah, I no. mean, and I don't think you have, but secretly, no. I'm like, oh man, no. I hope you didn't say anything bad about them episodes ago. <laughs> I know. I, don't, I can't. I don't remember. It's See, been too you know, long. You so who knows? Up now the those, those. Now, if you fessed up at the beginning, they would have never. You wouldn't have said anything bad. Because now they'll been start. Like, now they're all going to start at episode one, and they're going to bring stuff up I said five years ago. And exactly. I'll be like, what? And you know what? I'm actually going to like not feel bad because I'm going to be like, well, if you'd been honest in the beginning and be like, oh, I did a podcast. Like yeah. I didn't tell Doug and be like, I mean, obviously Doug listens all the time. So everything I say, he's like definitely going to hear like, hey, Doug, you're not important. So it's, <laughs> but I don't know how you could keep that for five years. I wasn't like I wore, I wore my heels down, like our happy hour t-shirts. Obviously like I share stuff on Facebook when we record and stuff. So it wasn't like I was actively hiding it, but it was like for, I think for people, friends of mine who see that on Facebook, they just know I, I work like I do work they for thought heels it was down. Like social media work. I, yeah. They just think it's like part of my normal journalism stuff, but they, yeah. Mm. So I had to connect the dots with the podcast over the weekend when I, when I was approached and was just like, yeah, sorry guys. I never told you that I do this. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's the best rose we've had on the entire show. It's oh, like for the, sure. I feel like that's like bigger than when I said I was pregnant twice. <laughs> I, well, now, well, speaking of Doug, they're like, okay, now it makes sense why you have Doug Payne's phone number saved in your phone. <laughs> <laughs> and you're like, but I'm still friends with him, so I don't understand the problem. I, I know. Yeah, so I've been, it's it's out in the open now. Well, how do they know you have Doug Bain's phone number saved on your phone, but then they don't know you have a podcast? I know. They just know, like, well, I'm like, well, I interview professional writers sometimes, you know? I just would skirt around it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm dying over here, man. I know. I I'm know. actually, like, I actually have nothing to say, so that's like, right? scary. <laughs> I'll I mean, like, them you have made Ellie time. and I speechless. <laughs> yeah. Two people who are very hard to be speechless. <laughs> I mean, like, go on. Yeah. On that, I just think I got to go into the mailbag because I got to talk about something. I can't be speechless <laughs> for long. We're just leaving it there. All right. Oh, mailbag. Well, I got to leave it there. I, like, don't know what else to say. <laughs> yeah. The yeah, silence creeps me out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So right. Meg from our Facebook group decides to ask us, which I have a little bit to say, but I actually want to hear what, um, honestly, I think Ellie's going to have a lot to say about this. So anyways, Meg from our Facebook group. So somehow she hasn't ridden in four weeks. I've been really busy with work in the fall. My mare is super happy to be out in pasture, but I feel so guilty and don't know how I'm going to have the time to ride her enough during the holidays to keep her safe to ride for me. Does anyone just ever just take a long break? Which yes. <laughs> yes. And part of me wants to say, yes, I'm going to with my four-year-old. I'm going to bring her back in April. But <laughs> there you go. My yeah. husband, no, my husband has made a deal with me that we're going to actually 
uh, like we have like a thing on who's going to ride the four-year-old and three-year-old faster the horse show. And so now I've made this like bet that I can't lose. So I'm still back to riding my horse. But I think that's totally normal for most people that don't make a bet with their husband to give the horse off in the winter. Like, I think that that's, it's supposed to be fun, right? So why not just, if, especially your horse is happy, like let him out. Like, don't worry about it and bring it back when the weather's warm and when it's fun again. Like, if you're feeling pressured to ride, I feel like that's not why we all ride for the most part. Well, and, like, I hate to be that person who's, like, in the wild, horses. But, like, seriously, like, horses don't care. They really don't. As long as they're not stuck in a stall. Exactly. They'll be fine. Some And some, like, actually enjoy the vacation. Yeah, yeah sure. I think it's good for them. Good for their body. Good for their brain. You I know? mean, we give we give all of them a vacation in some degrees. Like it all is varied weeks to months to whatever they need. But we give them all vacation after their big stuff. So like it gives their body time to like recover whatever they're not telling us. But I think mentally more than anything, it gives it. And so for you, like don't stress about the holidays. Have fun with the holidays and whatever capacity do you need to do? And don't worry about the horse. And then, and that's what I tell my clients. I'm like, if you can't come out, like if they've got a show, then we ride them and stuff. But I'm like, holidays are supposed to be about family and what you want to do. And like, don't, if you can come ride, that's great, but it's supposed to be fun. And that's what I feel like everybody always misses sometimes is like the horses are supposed to be our fun, like outlook in life. Yeah, definitely. Don't put, I just feel like don't put pressure on yourself. Don't don't let other people put pressure on you. Your horse does not care. Your horse does not. Unless you made a bet with your husband, don't feel bad. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and just really like, you know, like you said, the pressure thing, but also like, don't give yourself a hard time because don't feel guilty. There's nothing to feel guilty about at all. No. Hey, horses loving it. They don't want to go out in the cold. I don't want to be out in the cold. No, even yeah, if I don't you're want to ride. It, it's cold. Yeah. <laughs> as long as you go out there and you bring a carrot and you scratch their itchy spots, they'll be content. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Go, yeah. go give them some treats. They're happy to see you. Like, do that. You know, if you have time to brush them, great. If not, you know, somebody else can give them a treat. Like, they'll be fine. Like, don't feel guilty. And Meg, please, please just enjoy your holidays. And if you have time for the worst, great. Or if you feel like you want to go, like, hand graze it because that's safe or lunge it or whatever else, like, do what you feel safe, but don't feel like you have to do it because you're feeling guilty. Exactly. And do it in the spring when it's warmer. <laughs> exactly. There you right. go. Absolutely. Just lots of lunging before you do side to side. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Yes. Make it a safe return. No, make it a safe return for sure. That's what our lunging is the greatest thing. So if you have a question for us and you want us to answer it on the air, you can always send us an email by going to hello at heelsdownmedia.com. Or you should join our Facebook group where we have lots of interesting and fun discussions all the time. Uh, that's the Heels Down Happy Hour Podcast Lounge. And if you want to hear more from us, you should subscribe to the Heels Down Spark. You can do that by going to bit.ly slash sparkbyhd. We want to say thank you to our partners this week, Eco Gold. All right, guys, that's a wrap. Cheers. Cheers.